Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 352, How to Attract the Right Man Without Settling. I am Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, the place to be for creating healthy, lasting relationships in midlife. And today, I will be speaking with author and speaker Georgia Woodbine about how to attract that right man into your life without settling. And um, boy, did I get that wrong for a very long time. And I think that many of us do. Many of us really struggle with what is what is a healthy relationship. What does it mean to settle or not settle, and are we holding out for some kind of unicorn? I I just did a little video, a live video from my Facebook group, Your Last First Date, which I want to invite you all to join. Um, Go on Facebook and go to Your Last First Date, and you'll apply by answering three short questions. But this is a group for people who want to finally get it right after 40, and it's a highly supportive group without any any like negativity allowed in terms of a broad sweeping about men, about relationships. I want you to stop making assumptions and really do this in the right way, in the healthy way. But um, I noticed that there are a lot of these articles that are memes that have to do with wait for a man who blank. And so much of it is really unrealistic. It's like, wait for a man who always holds the door open for you. Wait for the man who stays up all night and, you know, talks to you like your girlfriend does until 3 a.m. I like, come on. These are just not even realistic. And so it's, I would say, wait for a unicorn. But we're going to talk today with Tid Georgia and, and really get some, some clear answers about this. So um, let me tell you a little bit about Georgia. She is a change agent, an author, a lifestyle transformation coach, and a public speaker. She's a leading authority in personal and professional development, and she's been featured in many large media, The Daily News, HuffPost, Rolling Out Magazine, Sirius Radio XM. She has created curriculum and lectured at the Learning Annex in New York, and she's the author of several books, including the one we're going to talk about today, which is How to Attract the Right Man into Your Life, No More Settling. Welcome to the show, Georgia. Hi, Sandy. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. A pleasure to have you. So you and I were talking a little before we went live, and you told me that you got married after 40, and I would love to know the story of how you met your husband, and what had you know that this was the right guy for you? Well, you know what's so funny, Sandy? I was never that 12-year-old girl that thought about my wedding and getting married, you know, some people dream about it. Oh, you know what? When I get married, I'm going to wear this dress or I'm going to have this type of husband or I'm going to live in this type of house. Um, I never really, I've always been um, an entrepreneur businesswoman and I never really thought about it. You know what I mean? Because I was just always busy all the time. Um, Funny that my husband ended up being my son's basketball coach (laughs) Mm. well we reconnected after my son went away to college so it's it's I always talk about attracting and not 
searching or looking because it always happens when you're not looking. And I mean, once you say in your, to yourself and you put it out in the universe, I'm ready to be in a relationship. I'm ready to settle down. You can put that out there, but you don't have to search. You just have to be mentally ready for it because you're going to attract what you want. So it was like, we reconnected. So he, you know, he wanted to date and I kept telling him, I can't date you. I can't date you because my son knows you, but it was after my son went away to college. So I met him when my son was seven. So I knew him a very oh. long time. And we were like, we always, I would always see him at the games. He would always come. He would help me out a lot because I was a single mom. So he would come and pick up my son, take him to practice, take him to games sometimes. And he was always very helpful. Long and behold, I didn't know he had his eye on me in my 20s. Um, you know, <laughs> I would just show up. <laughs> and so, like, when our kids went away to college because he had twin boys the same age as my son, and all of our kids went away to college, I was like a basketball mom. I was always at all the games. I was always, you know, there. And so we had a dinner with all of the coaches, all of the dads. I was probably the only female there because I was, like, involved in everything with the dads. And so we were all sitting at the dinner table, and, you know, we were talking and stuff, and I was like, oh, I'm so happy. My son's going away to college. Now I can date, you know. <laughs> so I was like, mm-hmm. I'm so focused on raising my son. You know, I was a single mom. I didn't have time to date. I had time to take care of what I need to take care of, make sure he had what he needs, and I really didn't have that time to really explore. And I never dated because I had my son at a very young age. Well, I was 20 when I had my son, so I had him at a very young age. So when he went away to school, I was like, yes. I want to date. I want to know what it's like to date and meet different people and explore and just see what that's all about. And I have to say, like, that's the best thing I ever did was have that phase because it's so important for a woman to date and to go through that phase and to know, like, what's out there and to explore and to have those experiences because when you do that, then you know what you don't want. And it's always good to know what you don't want before you get married. <laughs> that is true. I mean, that um, you laugh, but that is critical. It's really critical. It is critical. Right. And when you're young, you also you're need very to know what you do want. You don't know. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. When you're younger, you don't really know. What do you know? I mean, yeah, you have a father figure. Sometimes we look at the men in our life and look at them and say, this is what a man should be. But do we really know what the man in our life should be? And what are we looking for? And do we know what we really want? And I think that mm-hmm. comes with maturity. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you in maturity and experience. But I want to go back to a point that you said, that you once you put out into the universe that you're ready, you attract what you want without really working at it. And mm-hmm. so I think this is going to be misinterpreted by a lot of people, that you just have to have this thought and then just sit in your house and wait, right? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so can you clarify a little bit more about why, what, what you meant by that and how that works? Um, well, it starts with you being open, right, and getting rid of the words, my type, I think a lot of times we say we have a type. He has to be this tall. He has to have this much money in the bank. He has to have this house. He has to drive this car. We have the words getting rid of those preconceived thoughts of this is what he has to be. This is what I'm uh-huh. seeing as. And there's nothing wrong with visualizing what you want and saying, okay, well, this is what I would like. But be open. Be open. Be approachable. You know, 
men are not going to approach a woman that's always angry or always like saying men are, you know, no good or there are no good men in the world. And, you know, if you carry that kind of energy, you're not going to attract it. So it's really about having the energy to attract that. Um, not just sitting at home and saying, mm, he's going to show up tomorrow, you know, but putting yourself in positions where you are out socially, that you are going out places, that you're maybe going to places that you wouldn't think you would meet someone at a Starbucks, sitting down having coffee or going to a museum or the bookstore, wherever, but just going outside of your zone and doing something different than you normally do and allowing yourself to be approachable in different different environments. Mm. Yeah, that's very different than just putting it out to the universe. Um, <laughs> so, because I, I know I hear I hear the bell the, the the wires ticking in people's brains going, oh, so I'm just gonna sit home and watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I agree that with so so a lot of this is is working on yourself, like really changing your own internal energy about who you are, how you how you process stuff, how you learn about who men really are, who you really are. And then when you're out there also being open and getting out of your comfort zone, stop stop focusing on your type, couldn't agree more. Um and I think the openness cuz a lot of times when people when women and men are out in public, they're very closed. They're very shut off, people take their phones mm-hmm. out, they don't make eye contact. Mm-hmm. So just being approachable, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also the thing that came up for me as you were saying this the first time was when you're working really hard to find love, you put out a totally needy energy. Um, it's just this like, sense of desperation and neediness and a scarcity mentality. Um, so can mm-hmm. you speak to that a little bit? Well, it does. It always goes back to, and you mentioned this, to first learning how to love yourself. Because if you're saying you want someone to love you and you don't love yourself, it doesn't matter what this person provides in a relationship. You're going to always feel like something's missing because you haven't really learned how to love who you are as an individual. So a lot of times that comes from deep-rooted issues from your past, from your childhood, unresolved issues, and you're coming into a relationship with someone saying, okay, well, they have to meet all these needs and all of these expectations, but not really looking at, well, what is it that I need to um, work on or how can I um, become better as a person? It really starts with self-love. That's the first step. Because when you Mm -hmm. learn and identify self-love, then you won't put yourself in situations and relationships to feel needy or to be uh, or to settle, for that matter, Mm -hmm. with someone that's not going to make you feel worthy or valuable. So when you learn to value yourself as an individual and you go into now it's it's a better environment for you and this other person because they don't always feel like, oh, this person's so needy. I have to validate this person all the time. Then you can come in equally into the relationship. And you know what? It should never be where the other person completes you. You know what I mean? You come into a relationship, you both bring something to the table, but it's not like this person, 
you should never lose who you are as an individual, meaning like the good qualities that you have. It's nothing wrong if you're in a relationship and this other person's helping you to grow, become better. But if you feel like they're bringing out the worst in you, then that can't be healthy either. So uh-huh. really working on you first. And I think for me, that's why I'm in a healthy relationship and a healthy marriage now because I was single for 10 years before I got married. And so this guy that became my husband, we dated for, well, in the beginning, I kept telling him we weren't dating anyway. I kept saying, we're just hanging out. (laughs) I would say, don't label this. We're not dating. We're not girlfriend and boyfriend. We're hanging out. And he goes, would you want, do you want to be my girl? And I said, no, I don't want to be your girl. (laughs) You were tough. We're just hanging out. (laughs) So, not labeling things and not putting labels on and learning how to just be someone's friend and, 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 and build a friendship before you become too emotionally engaged. And I think what happens is a lot of times when people become intimate too soon when they meet somebody or when they're dating is you, you become clouded. You can't really see this person for who they really are because now you're too emotionally engaged. So you can't make clear decisions. So being friends first, learning if this person has something that similar interests and the things that you like, you know, there's a lot of people that's married to somebody else's soulmate. You know, uh-huh. it's like you get together, you have kids, you live life, and then after your kids go away to college, you're looking at each other like, I love you, but I don't really like you. You know, like, you don't really yeah. have a lot in common. You know what I mean? And yeah, oh, yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, and I think a lot of times the kids are a distraction, they're the buffer. And then they're right. gone. It's like, who is this person? But we right. often lose ourselves in long-term relationships too, and that's a whole mm-hmm. that's a whole other show. Um, right. But you're talking right. about a healthy relationship, so I want to go a little deeper into that. Um, you talk about this in your book. Um, what is your definition of a healthy relationship? Let's start with that. So the first step I would say to to having a healthy relationship is to have to um, listening listening to the other person's needs. Sometimes the, you know, they call it like, I don't know if you ever heard of the book about the love languages, but sometimes uh-huh. if somebody's saying something, that's not what they're really saying. You know what I mean? And and sure. listening to what they're saying, going underneath all that, because sometimes when people are stressed or frustrated about certain things, it comes out in a certain way when that's not really the root of the problem. It's something else. So uh-huh. just being intuitive and, and listening and, and, and communicating more, you know, communicating about your likes and dislikes with this other person and feeling comfortable enough to say to this person when something's bothering you, you know what, I don't really like the way you handled that, or not even that, this is how you made me feel, you know. So that person can become aware of how they're making you feel because I think a lot of times in relationships, sometimes people are not aware of that. They do things and they're not really thinking about how it's affecting you. Just they're just thinking about what they said, but they don't realize how you take it. So just just having that open line of communication and and stop thinking that you can uh, create this man or woman that you have in your mind of what you want this person to be. Meaning, like you get into a relationship and you're like, you know what? Oh, I could change him. I could. I can make that better. I can I can fix him up. I can, you know, <laughs> make him what I want to uh-huh. be. And you're in, like, total denial. Like, 
either you're going to accept this person for who they are and not saying that you can't work on things together as a couple because I think that in life we should have goals. We should have relationship goals just like anything else, just like financial goals, career goals, or personal goals. We should have relationship goals, meaning like what are things that we both need to work on together to make this relationship work. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so um, so we have listening, communication about likes and dislikes, communication about your feelings and how their actions affect you, defining mm-hmm. your relationship goals, what you need to work on together. What right. else? What else is and, a healthy relationship? And <clears throat> also, um, listening and being supportive. I think supportive is really important because, especially because of the time we live in now, where we have a lot of women that are so independent. And sometimes you will find in relationships it could go either way, where the other person feels like they're not the man in the relationship because those women can make more money than them. But just being supportive of whatever your mate is doing, what, you know, what makes them happy and, and, and paying attention to what makes them feel good and what makes them happy. And just having that support system is so uh-huh. important. And, you know, even with what I do and my husband, he's like, I'm always busy all the time and he knows that, but he understands what my mission is, what my why is, why I do what I do. And he's sensitive to that. So just being sensitive to the other person's needs and wants and and what will make them happy and not being so selfish saying everything has to concentrate on me and everything has to be about me and what I want and what I want and not being supportive. So that's also important in having Mm -hmm. a healthy relationship. Definitely. Definitely. All right. So um, let's talk about the difference between settling and compromising uh, because I see in my practice that often people think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm always settling, like they're always looking for the next best thing, or they compromise too much, and it's hard for them to know the balance. So what do you think is the difference? Well, the difference is always in the red flags. <laughs> mm. Okay. Because I believe that there are always red flags, and when the red flags are there, that's when you know you're settling. So when we, you know, we look back at some of our relationships or even failed relationships and things that were always there to show us, okay, is this something I would normally tolerate? So am I settling or am I compromising? No, you're settling. Um, you know, identifying the warning signals so that you can – say to yourself, is this something I see myself in long term? Is that compromising mm-hmm. or that settling? If it's something you can't see yourself in long term, but because you don't want to be alone, that's settling. That's not compromising. Mm-hmm. Um, right. if, it's, if, if you're with someone that makes you feel like you are walking on eggshells and you can't really express yourself and be yourself and, and be the person who you are. Is that compromising or settling? That's settling. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about what is compromising when you're with someone and maybe you have some kinks that you need to work out. And this person has a whole completely different way of looking at things. And you're used to doing things a certain way. You can sit down and talk about it. And you can say, um, 
let's try to, you know, let's try to work this out. And if you see after a while that this person is not really, um, you know, paying attention to what whatever your needs are, what you're asking for, and they're not trying to work with you, you're, you're compromising at first, meaning, okay, what do I need to work on as well? Not just what you need to work on, but what are some things that I do that annoy you? Or what are some things that I need to, you know, maybe like – pay attention to and, 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 and say to myself, okay, maybe I can do this a little bit different. That's compromising because you're working together and you're respecting each other. It's the respect factor when you compromise. It's not. It's never disrespectful or demeaning or making you feel less of a person when it's a compromise. So that's how you should know the difference between settling and compromising. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good distinction, the respect piece. I just had this conversation with a client who um, she had an issue with her boyfriend flirting in front of her. Mm-hmm. And he just said, it's a guy thing. Like, I, I look at pretty women. It's just like a piece of art. And and I said, if it feels disrespectful to you when he does it and the way he does it, then that's a deal breaker for you. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't want to change that, one of your must-haves is respect. Mm-hmm. And if that's not there, then he's not your guy. So she finally got yeah. it today, and she's going to see what happens. But a lot of men think, oh, it's just it's just a guy thing. I was just watching a, a movie where that was something this guy said. Oh, it's harmless flirting. And she said, not mm-hmm. to me it's not. You know, yeah. and I think that's, that is the difference between a disrespectful person, which is a deal breaker, and compromise, which is, yeah, I don't really see it that way, but if that's what makes you happy, then I will not look, you know, that I will right. not, I will not, right, so it's, yeah. Well, you um, know what, though, Sandy, you have to set the tone early in a relationship. If you allow oh, for sure. to do something in the beginning, you can't expect mm-hmm. midway, okay, this person's going all of a sudden, if it was, if she would have said to him from the very beginning, do not, I don't like this. This makes me feel a certain way. I would appreciate if you don't do this. Like, if you're not with you, I don't mm-hmm. know what you're doing when you're looking. But when you're with me, I would appreciate if you. And if she would have set that tone early on in that relationship and not let it go on <clears> for so long, that that would have, it, it would have changed the whole dynamic of that. Because if you don't set the right. tone in something early, then. She did. If it's, someone they're still early. They're, st- they're you, still at the beginning. Which okay, is why well, she, you know, she's reflecting with me as they continue right. whether she's going to stay or go, and right. and that's and this is really important. Her. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. every, if, if not change, everything. She needs to... mm-hmm. Right. Well, you have to know what your bottom line is, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't define that, or they're kind of wishy-washy about it. They keep making mm-hmm. excuses for men. That is not okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's talk about red flags and um, what are some of the other ones that we want to avoid? Because there are some really big ones out there, and a lot of times there's they're like yellow flags. They're not really red <laughs> flags. They're not as <laughs> not so bad yet. <laughs> the right, warning sign. Right. But so what what do you say are like some of the worst red flags you've seen? I I would say look at how a man treats. Look at his relationships with the people that he's close with, his, his parents, his children, his family. See how he treats them because that, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a big sign of what's become 
down the line with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so look at how he treats his family. Look at how he treats his children. Um, you know, is he the type of person that likes to communicate with you more by texting or calling you? I mean, I know technology and where we are right now, but if if, if someone's really interested and they really want to talk to you, they're going to pick up the phone and call you. And that's just going to keep doing everything by text. Not everything by text. So I'm, I'm going to push back on that one a little. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I agree with you that if you want more intimate conversation and you want to have mm-hmm. more conversation with tone, then you definitely want to get on a call. There are, like you mentioned, though, texting is so common that you have to ask for this. And I don't see it as a mm-hmm. red flag unless you've asked for it and the person ignores you and keeps doing what they want to do instead of what you asked for. You know, mm-hmm. you say it in a kind way, right? So so what you're really saying is that you want somebody who's going to communicate in a real way and not just, hey, what's up, you up, can I come over? Right, right. Well, you know what, like, okay. listen, different strokes for different folks, but if it's someone that sets the set tone early and say, you know what, this is what I'm looking for. And if a man says to a woman, here's another red flag. Like, if a man says to a woman, you know what, uh, you know, I just, got a, I just got a divorce, and, you know, I'm not really looking for anything serious right now. Um, I just want to, you know, I want to chill and just, you know, hang out and just enjoy myself. And uh-huh. you're thinking, okay, this might be the guy. Like, he's already telling you, like, I'm not looking for anything serious. So why would you look past it and think, okay, maybe I could just change him or convince him because you may really like this guy and think that, okay, well, maybe if he just spends enough time with me, that may change. So it's uh-huh. someone telling you early. So just really listening. And see, that's what we talked about even when we first started this conversation is just listening to what people are saying because uh-huh. – the truth is always there. It's just whether you choose to look at it as red or yellow or green. <laughs> uh-huh. That is true. It's always in the pudding. I mean, it's always in the pudding. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you have to, like you said, you know, Sandy, like you, we, you as an individual have to know what you want because if you don't know what you want, then you will settle because you have not yeah. set any standards in the relationship mm-hmm. that you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. You have to know what you want and what you don't want, and and be clear, be super clear, be clear. and follow through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what's your best advice for women who want to go on their last first date? Well, I'm going to tell them personally what I did, and that was okay. enjoy me. I would go on dates with myself. I love to have dates with myself. You know what I mean? Go out to eat, do whatever you got to do. Don't wait and do things just because you feel like you have to have someone else there. I mean, did people stare at me in restaurants sometimes? Yeah, but who cares? Stop worrying about what other people think. Enjoy you. Learn how to enjoy you. Learn how to date yourself. Learn how to enjoy your own company. That's the best advice I could give people. When you learn how to enjoy your own Mm. company, then then you won't settle because now you know how to have a good time. (laughs) 
I like so it. Enjoy, <laughs> yeah, enjoy your own company. Do things that you enjoy doing and spend more time doing things that you love. Um, I think when you're more, uh, when you're busy and you're active and you're doing things and, and you're, you're out with friends and you're socializing, you don't have time to sit home and hope about not having Mr. Right or not being in a relationship because your life is just too busy. You just got a lot going on. And, and when you're in those um out socially and meeting people, it may happen, but don't go out saying, oh my gosh, you know, um, you know, I, I got to find him tonight, or I got to find this person now because I'm getting too old, or, you know, get rid of that energy because you are you are operating in scarcity, and when you're operating in scarcity, you're not going to attract anything but settling. That's what's going to happen. You're going to settle, and you're going to end up being with someone that can't give you what you need. So learn how to enjoy your own company, do things that you love, spend time with your friends, spend time with family. Just continue to do things that make you feel good. That would be Mm, my best advice. And then allow it to come to you. I always operate by attraction with everything I do. It doesn't matter what it is because I realize that when you can resist resistance, when you resist something, you're going to feel a lot of pain because you're going against what your life has to change. You have to evolve. You Sometimes you're not in a relationship so you can do some soul searching and that you can spend that time to do that. And so some people figure out, I'm just going to be in a relationship at one after another because I'm so afraid to be alone. There's nothing wrong with being alone. It, it, it's really a liberating experience when you can learn how to appreciate and love you for you. So that way, Mm. when someone does come along, you can be ready to embrace the love that this person has to give you, and you can have the love to give them that they need, too. So it's always better to to have that time to really self-reflect. I love it. I totally agree. I think too many people are afraid to be alone. They're afraid to really be with themselves, and I think that's such an important key because it helps you to be a better partner when you're ready, when you do meet the right person. Um, so great advice, really great. And um, and I, I just love this whole conversation about not settling. I think we, we tend to have relationships that fail because we overlook red flags from the beginning. And so... Um, thank you for this really wonderful interview, and um, and I know that you have a free gift for us. So tell us tell us about your free gift, Georgia. Yes, I do. I do. If they go to my website, it's www.georgiawoodbine.com. And by the way, they can Google me. They could find me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest. I'm everywhere. Um, but I do have a free gift to give to them today. It's called. Uh, Five Secrets to Turn Your Passion into Profit, and it's on my website. And once you click that link and put the information in, um, which is your name and your email address, I will send you that free guide. And they can also go to my website and look at the book, How to Attract the Right Man into Your Life, No More Settling. And really, that book was based on my own personal journey and my experience where I was able to attract my Mr. Right. Great. And I know you have a premium training that you're also promoting. Absolutely. I have the uh, five secrets to create the life that you love. And it's really about finding out your why and, you know, your your mission in life and what it is that you're trying to accomplish and, and how to find your passion and things that you love and 
and to do the things that you love and to provide a platform for you to do that and really learn how to, um, a lot of the things I talk about too is what helped me in my life is meditation, which is a big piece, which I uh, teach in that training and time management tips and goal setting and all the different things that um, can really change your life entirely because a lot of people don't realize it. They say they want change, but change really comes when you change your habits. And so there's a lot of little things and things that you need to tweak and change for you to start getting the results that you want in your life. And so that's what I share in that premium training, Five Secrets to Create the Life that You Love. And it's on my website as well. That's great. I just spent a lot of time with my family in Israel, and I was talking about changing habits with them the entire time. So it's like, (laughs) it's such an important thing. That changed my life, too. Like, I I was an artist, too, before I became a coach, and I just, you know, didn't want to have these specific systems. It felt too confining and anal and left brain and and the truth is that once you find those systems that work for you, everything changes for the better. So go go over to Georgia's website, go grab a copy of the free gift, register for her premium training, buy her book, find her all over social media. <laughs> um, and thank you so much, Georgia, for coming on the show, for sharing your wisdom and helping so many people in so many areas of life. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. And thanks for joining us today, everyone. And um, if you don't forget about the uh, Your Last First Date group on Facebook, and if you are looking for Your Last First Date and you're really serious about finding love now and not putting it off any longer, register for a free 30-minute breakthrough session with me. And the way to do that is to go to lastfirstdate.com forward slash breakthrough and fill out a form and we'll get in touch with you and set up a date. I hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.